Today, we review Infidel Number 1 from Image. Warning, this podcast contains graphic content on comics. Stay a while and listen. He called you a cowboy. What in Sam Hill? What did he mean? What are you? I'm the abomination, the strongest mutant of all. Know this, swimming bird. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. This blue eye perceives all things conjoined. I cared much for the word impregnable. The past. Sounds a bit too much like unsinkable. The future. What's wrong with unsinkable? Nothing. And the present. As the iceberg said to the Titanic. Trap, how's life? He seems nice. Welcome to the Graphic Content Podcast. My name is Jim Mason, and this is my first full episode of the show. Yes, I know I dropped a quote-unquote zero episode yesterday, but this is it. We're getting to the meat and potatoes now of what the, the, the third season of Graphic Content is out to achieve, and that is a review of Infidel Number 1 from Image Comics. I, I got to tell you, this comic was not on my radar at all but uh, my my good friend Mike who is uh, who was my my partner when I was um, one of the co-owners of the launchpad in Lodi California launchpad comics and games uh, he's now the sole proprietor of the business and you know we we get together every once in a while and you know we shoot texts back and forth and he shot me this text a few weeks ago saying man you really need to read infidel number one and I'm like okay, what's it about? And he proceeds to tell me, I'm like, okay, sure, I'll check it out. Well, I was on a trip to Southern California, which I'm going to talk about later this week on the show. And I stop into House of Mystery Comics in Burbank. And I, I asked the proprietor, uh, do you have a copy of Infidel number one? And, you know, I've looked around everywhere for it. No. Um, my wife, Anne Marie, she finds it um, probably cl- just before we were getting ready to go, she finds the very last copy that was just put back in the wrong place, probably by a customer. And I felt like I had hit the jackpot at this point. Um, and I knew really very little about this comic. So l- trust me when I say that this is going to be a positive review. That much I can tell you up front. But uh, let me break it down. I, I, I'm going to do these reviews by breaking down the creative team behind it. And I'm going to apologize in advance uh, to the writer of this book. If I butcher your name, sir, that is not my intent. I <laughs> hope um, that that uh, you friended me on Twitter recently, and I, I hope that I get this right. If not, please DM me how to correctly pronounce your name, and I promise I will read it on a future episode. Uh, the writer is Pornsack. Pitch a shot. Uh, he, you, you might have heard that name before if you've been reading Vertigo comics for quite a while. I want to say that he worked at least seven or eight years over at Vertigo as an editor. Um, he edited Grant Morrison's uh, run. Um, he did a couple of different short run miniseries, uh, We Three, uh, which has been in animated development hell, but 
is a three-issue um, book that is both heartbreaking and exhilarating and sad and wonderful all at the same time. So he was Grant's editor on that one, uh, as well as uh, Morrison's other book, Sea Guy, which is just fantastic. Uh, he was also an editor on Andy Diggle's run of The Losers, uh, The Unknown Soldier, The Unwritten, and Testament. So some of the most critically acclaimed comics to come out of DC Vertigo in the last umpteen years. Well, there was an editorial shakeup, and uh, uh, Mr. Pitchashote, God, I really hope I'm getting that right. Uh, he is no longer with the company, but he is uh, the, the creative um, uh, writer force, a uh, creative force behind this, this comic. Simply fantastic. Uh, art is by Aaron Campbell. Um, I wasn't as familiar with his name. Uh, looked him up on Comic Vine and saw that he worked a lot on Dynamite's The Shadow, as well as various Green Hornet series, as well as a few issues of DC's Harley Quinn. I think it was like one regular issue um, and then a couple of special issues. Uh, color Colors and the editor for this book is none other, none other, let's try that again, none other than the Mr. Jose Villarubia, Villarubia, I'm not having a good name day today, guys, I am really sorry, Jose Villarubia, um, this is a master artist from Spain, if you have not heard his name, I, I implore you uh, to get thee to comic shop immediately and seek his books out. Uh, he's done colors on books like uh, Alan Moore's Promethea, uh, Sweet Tooth, another um, book that uh, Pinchashot, uh, I believe, edited over at Vertigo. Uh, he did the miniseries Fantastic Four, One, Two, Three, Four, uh, Warren Ellis's Desolation Jones, and that's just his recent stuff. I mean, he, I think he's, I, I don't want to age him, but geez, he must have been, he must have been working in the comic book industry for at least the last, oh, three decade, decades or so. Uh, he's amazing. Um, the letterer uh, is a gentleman by the name of Jeff Powell, who is, <laughs> I mean, when I read his bio, I was like, holy crap. This guy has uh, done graphic design or letters for books ranging from Archie's run of Sonic the Hedgehog to Atomic Robo to Miracle Man. Yes, that Miracle Man. Um, and he does not disappoint uh, with his contribution both to the design of the cover and the lettering work that's inside this book. So how do I how am I going to rate these comics on our comics review? Well, it's going to be a simple three stage review. It's going to be buy it now, meaning if you see an issue on the rack, grab it, put it in your stack, put it on your pull list. Get every single issue immediately. It is appointment comics reading. Um, there's going to be the second tier, which I'm going to call wait for the trade. Uh, look, there are some stories that are out there which are not satisfying to read serialized, in my opinion. And uh, I, I hope to never review those comics on the show. At least I'm not hoping to, to want to wait for the trade to get a complete story on something. Um, but... At the same point, you know, there, there are books that there shouldn't be a sense of immediacy to. It's not that they're bad. It's just that they're written or, or crafted in such a way, whether by editorial, writer, artist, etc., 
that it's just better as a combined uh, arc, whether it's three, four, five, six issues. And then there is the dreaded leave it on the rack. So if I tell you to leave it on the rack, it's just my opinion. It It's just the book was not for me. And that's the way that is. Um, I, I <laughs> It's going to be an after the fact thing of like going, well, I'm sorry I spent two or three ninety nine on this issue. Um, probably not going to go back for more. And I hope that uh, my reviews will be a little bit more timely in the future so that I can help uh, prevent you from uh, some of the tortures that have befallen me in books that I thought were going to be good. And when I read them, I kind of did a Picard face palm and went, oh, my. Um, <laughs> that sounded more like George Takei. Anyway, so let's talk about Infidel number one. Um, it, first of all, this is just an absolutely beautiful book. And I, I wow. Um, it starts with a woman who you can tell in, in the panel layout and the use of color that it is already that you're in some sort of dream or nightmare style sequence. And it's very stunning in the, in the first three pages of this book before the title page. Um, after that, we, we get introduced to the point of view character whose name is Aisha. She's a young Muslim American woman who's also a widow and single mother who's been living in a kind of rundown apartment building in New York City with her daughter, Chris, who you find out is one heck of a Star Wars fan. So uh, pinch a shout, uh, porn sack, excuse me, you've already won me over because uh, me and my robot Yoda toy, uh, we both approve of uh, Sarlacc pit cakes as uh, the grandmother was helping uh, make for the child's birthday. I just loved I want a Sarlacc Pit birthday cake now after reading that. Um, anyway, uh, she also has a, a non-Muslim Caucasian fiancé named Tom who is a documentary filmmaker. So these are real people, or I should say realistic people, in realistic circumstances. I, I, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time in New York City, but I can tell you that it feels like living in urban America. Um, you know, the, 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 the use of the, the subtle use of colors um, via Rubius part definitely lend to uh, it being kind of a rundown. I'm not going to say it was like a full on tenement, but it, that there's something wrong, that you can tell is already wrong with the architecture of the place, um, even if it's just the mood of it. Um, anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, she, she also lives with Leslie, who is Tom's mom, who is a medical doctor of some order, who seems really nice and loving and is the perfect grandmother when you're introduced to her, but demonstrates throughout this very first issue uh, a sometimes not so subtle kind of soft racism. Um, not, you know, not the, the you know, hate-filled vitriol, you know, like Muslim go home or anything like that, but just you know, around, you know, not thinking of, of, you know, someone's dietary restrictions or when a black man is, is on the subway train with her, she clutches her purse a little bit too tightly, um, that kind of racism. And uh, so she's definitely not a perfect woman. And Tom, Aisha's uh, fiance, definitely has 
a problem with his own mother and sorry that they ever moved in with her to begin with. Uh, she also has a, a best friend who's a more liberal Muslim who doesn't wear uh, hijab, uh, headscarf out in public like she does. Um, I didn't catch her name in the comic, and I just reread it right now and didn't see it again. So if I missed it, um, please send me a picture of a wet noodle, and I will pretend to slap myself with it. Um, but I hope to learn more about her bestie because she seems really cool. Uh, I hope you agree with me. Um, she has an interaction with Aisha's uh, fiance that um, I thought was something that you can, that would be a conversation that takes place probably in hundreds, if not thousands of communities across America. And I, I was really impressed by the, um, the, uh, I don't know how to call it, but the, the spirit uh, of this unnamed best friend of hers. Um, so anyway, we get, we, we, we get introduced to all of the characters, a little happy, then it gets a little awkward, and then there's some really sad parts, and then Aisha comes back to the building later, and we start to find out that there's been something, the, that, that feeling of dread that was, was uh, put into the prologue of this comic, um, there might be a reason for that, and, and that's because... This apartment building was the, the site of a mass killing. Um, it goes into some dark territory. In fact, the building hasn't even been renovated. I think there was some kind of explosive used. Um, there was thoughts of terrorism, stuff like that going on. Um, I, I might have misunderstood that, but there was a mass killing that took place in this comic, and uh, they've had a hard time finding contractors to rebuild. And so it's... It's almost like a haunted house story in a way. Um, I, I, and, and we get the pretty strong suspicion by the end of this issue that the nightmares um, that Aisha's been having might very well be, uh, might very well be influenced by the, the um, how should I say without going into too much spoiler territory, but of the infamous past of this building. So, I, I, you know, what did I really think about this comic? I, I think I've already tipped my hat, but I, I just think there are great characters throughout this issue. Again, I'm not somebody who spent time, a lot of time in New York City, but I felt through the media that I've seen and, and talking to friends of mine who have spent a lot of time in that city, it felt like an urban metropolis. It felt like a living breathing city. It felt like a place where horrors lurking around the corner, which really could be any urban environment when you really think about it. Um, but there was this great depiction of the city in a very realistic sense that this is a nerve-wracking place to be. So you have those, those real-world concerns, you know, concerns of racism, concerns of being a victim of crime, the concerns of you know, you're just one footstep away from uh, walking yourself into a mass casualty and incident. Um, I, I got to remark that the story is just dripping with great characterization across the board. Uh, Pornsack Pinchachote, again, slapped me with that wet noodle I talked about earlier. Uh, his characterization is simply brilliant. 
And after this series wraps up, I cannot wait for the next thing he does. And that's based on reading one issue of one comic book that that this gentleman has been the direct creator of. I have to say that the art is absolutely delicious. Campbell's line work reminds me of a kind of David Mack or a Michael Gatos in the kind of line work without being um, uh, derivative of either artist's work in any way, but it's, it's definitely in that school where it walks this fine line between um, uh, you know this this sort of you know through the looking glass kind of realism to being really like what the f at some points and his use. This is something that comic artists. I'm going to stop myself and 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 just say this really quick. I want you to think about this. If you're not a comics artist, where do you think you should put the surprises in your comic book? So if you open the comic and you read from left to right in American comics, where should you put the surprises? All of the surprises are put on the left page. So when you turn the page, that surprise, that punch, that snap, that that will shock you is on that new page that you've just turned turn to. Your peripheral vision didn't catch any glimpse. There's no hints of it. It's just pow, right in the kisser. And the use of of that storytelling device in a horror comic, again, I don't have a lot of background with a lot of horror comics, but it the use of, of the, the, uh, the page layout that was used for this comic book was simply amazing. Um, and the colors of Via Rubia, Via Rubia Oh my God, so good, so subtle in so much of the issue. But when the colors get turned up to 11, again, combined with the panel layout and Campbell's line work, it, it's, it goes from, okay, what's lurking around here? What's lurking? Oh my God! You know, it's, it's again, this book is, you know, for a horror comic, this book is an absolute delight. Um, I'll tell you what, this is a book where, it, it, you know, again, it came out some weeks ago, about two weeks ago. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, go to your favorite lo- local comic book shop and buy this book right now and ask. And, you know, it doesn't matter what cover you get. There's a couple different variants out there. I've got the Campbell cover, and I think it's it's fantastic in its, its varying shades of red and uh, uh, the, the blue, black, purple of this clawed hand reaching out for Aisha. Um, I, I just, I, but the other covers look phenomenal as well. Um, y- you got to get this comic and you got to put it on your pull list. If you're interested in broadening your scope outside of the mainstream superhero fights of the big two comic publishers, and look, I'm a fan of my superheroes and I hope to start reviewing superhero comics here. In fact, I'm going to tell you what we're going to review on the next episode. Um, I, I really think, no, you know what, screw it. Here's the rating. Buy it now. Get it on your pull list. Um, I'm really curious if the trade is going to have, like, quote-unquote director's cut material, because if it does, I'm probably going to buy that too. That's how much I love this book. So, um, you know, just looking here at my notes, the next issue is due out April 18th. So we've got about two weeks to go on that. We're recording this early in the morning on April 3rd. And 
again, Infidel number one, damn fine comic. Mike, shout out to you for recommending this book to me. Make sure this is on my pull list, please, and thank you. Well, that's it. Our first capsule review is in the can. A buy it now for Infidel number one from Image Comics. Uh, I really enjoyed doing this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. The next comic that we're going to uh, review, as I mentioned on yesterday's uh, Season 3, Episode 0, is going to be Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows. It's a book from Dark Horse Comics that takes place in the greater Black Hammer uh, series of interconnected superhero comics. I say with tilting my head like the RCA dog. If you don't know who the RCA dog is, just do a Google image search. You'll know what I'm talking about. Um, if you and I'm gonna I'm gonna do a review of the Black Hammer trades that have come out, and, uh, and as well as I believe Sherlock Frankenstein is part of that universe as well. Yeah, these are super creative titles from one of the most prolific creators currently operating in the in the comic space right now. Jeff Lemire's fantastic. There I go, spoiling my own review again. Uh, That episode will drop later this week on Thursday. On Wednesday, uh, we're going to be posting our review of Krypton from Sci-Fi Network. So it'll be a conversation episode between myself and Manny Gomez. And on Friday, as I teased before, will be the review of my trek to Southern California to watch the live taping of Collider Video's movie trivia schmodown live event in North Hollywood. Um, I am so tired because I am up so late right now, but I'm also so excited for the future of the graphic content podcast. Uh, if you'd like to give me some feedback on this episode, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at Jimmers with three M's on Twitter at Jimmers, that's Jimmers with five M's on Instagram, as well as simply Jim Mason on Facebook. You can also reach the, the Twitter account for the for the Graphic Content Podcast at Graphic Podcast, at GraphicContent.podcast for Instagram, or the real content at gmail.com if you'd like to send us a long form email or if you'd like to send us uh, some work if you're a, copy, a content creator of some sort uh, send us a file over to our gmail account and I'll be glad to take a look at it and maybe we can have you on the show or I can do a review in advance uh, of the release of your material so that's it until next time go read a comic and we'll see you soon on the Graphic Content Podcast.